All right, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the Over the Pit Wall podcast. I'm your host, Phil Spain. This is our first episode since Anchor has rebranded to Spotify for podcasters. So uh, I'm interested to see how this goes forward. They're introducing a lot more analytics and uh, different features and stuff that will probably make this a hell of a lot easier going forward with you guys. Uh, You know, the ability to ask questions, uh, being able to do video, you know, those type of video episodes that'll also get uh, transcribed for, uh, you know, audio. So that's awesome. I know you guys are probably wondering what happened Sunday, why there was no reaction podcast, and to be quite frank about it, I felt there was not much to react to with that race. Uh, and now it begs the question of, was it the package, which the consensus is no, it wasn't the package, or was it just the racetrack? And a lot of people are saying that about Phoenix. And the over overwhelming like majority of people that I've seen on Twitter were saying, oh, I can't believe that this is a track where we're doing our championship weekend at, especially with how the cars are set up and it it really only benefits the first and second place cars. If you start further back then I'd say like seventh or eighth, you really have no chance of that because by the time you finally get your car, I guess once everything kicks in, unless you do pit strategy it's it's not a fun race to uh to to run and it's not a fun race to watch especially as a fan and i just saw you know saw a lot of people talking about oh i fell asleep oh i took a nap oh i uh you know i watched the players championship with golf and you know it's a little embarrassing for nascar that uh that was how you debut a new package. Uh, you know, a pretty entertaining finish. You know, it seemed like Harvick was uh, on his way to, you know, dominating Phoenix again. Like I said last week, you know, he was a nine-time winner there, and he almost got that tenth win. But a late caution bunched the field back up, and also pit strategy uh, screwed. Uh, you know, screwed up the. Uh, the proceedings a bit Uh, a lot of cars took two they took four and he was never able to get back up there uh, which is unfortunate Uh, but you know them's the breaks it was another Hendrick dominated week but there was also some Hendrick news uh, for the second straight week you know of course last week was Chase's injury but this week uh, I'm gonna see if I can remember the part I think it's called the Lorve or Lorve or or Louvre, or I think it's Louvre, I think, but either way, it's not Lube. <laughs> but uh, it's basically a part on the uh, hood of the car. Uh, those were confiscated by NASCAR after Friday's practice, which Kyle Larson did lead, but that did little to deter Hendrick Motorsports because they ended up winning the pole, and William Byron, for the second straight week in a row, is your victor. Uh, I asked last week, you know, after Vegas, I said, you know, will William Byron be able to continue, you know, this 
this trend? You know, is he going to keep the intensity up, keep the foot on the gas, or is it going to be another season just like last year where, you know, he was good in the first couple of weeks, and then when we got to the summer and into the fall, you know, it was almost like you could hear a pin drop anytime he drove past. But uh, obviously him and Rudy Fugel, they're in what, I think their third or fourth season together, and uh, they are working you know, like a match made in heaven. You know, he's had him ever since he was in the truck series. So uh, there's no reason that this trend can't continue now, I don't believe. You know, I, I think that they'll be able to keep it up. A lot of people are saying, you know, oh, it'll only last until Chase gets back. But I don't know. You know, we'll see. I, like, I've, like I've said, when I do power rankings, I'm doing them every nine weeks. And when we get to the end of week nine, you know, after we get from, I forget which track it is, but once we get there, uh, I think we'll be able to know for sure just where we stand and where he stands and where Hendrick as a whole stands. Because, you know, obviously you've got uh, Alex Bowman, who right now is the point leader. Uh, you've got Kyle Larson, who's been close the past two weeks. And, you know, if Kyle didn't have the, uh, you know, he dominated that race for a bit too, up until Harvick passed him with about 44 to go. Uh, so, you know, maybe this is the year where all four teams are clicking. Of course, you know, we really are only getting a small sample size of the nine, but at the same time, Josh Berry came home with his first top 10. Now, it's just like I said last week after Las Vegas, especially with him, the more he gets confident, the more he gets time behind the wheel there. There's no reason that Josh Berry can't consistently run maybe top 10, top 15. I don't know if he's for, for certain going to you know, challenge for wins during this period of time. And, of course, in a couple of weeks when we go to Coda, Jordan Taylor will be in the car. But... uh you know, it, it seems like it's all coming together this season for Hendrick, but the, you know, the the, the main question remains. You will see what happens if there are any penalties. Uh, I was saving a little bit of space in this episode because everybody thought penalty report would come out today, but the penalty report is not released until tomorrow, and I wasn't holding off on this episode, but if there is, like, some big heavy news, we will make a little reaction uh, episode tomorrow uh, reacting to that news, but, you know, I I don't expect it to be earth-shattering to the point, like, how how it was with, uh, you know, Bubba's suspension last year, but we'll see. You know, it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the only reason that I feel like it's not going to be a huge, you know, a huge deal is because I think Justin Haley also had his, uh, that, that part taken as well. So, uh, it may be more of a Chevrolet issue than it is a Hendrick Motorsports itself issue, but, uh, you know, uh, another thing, another good point of that race, uh, third place finisher was, uh, well, actually, we'll do it this way, too, because we talked about both of them last week, but uh, Ryan Blaney came in second, and Tyler Reddick rounded out the top three, and that was a good run for both of those cars, you know, a lot was made about about nothing 
last week with the, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Petty kind of spat and all of that. And they, they, you know, Ryan didn't say anything about it. Uh, he just went about his business. You know, he showed there was driving prowess that, uh, you know, people talking or people on podcast or, you know, pundits, that's what their job is to do is to stir up, you know, stuff. And not even to say, you know, that Kyle Petty really stirred up anything. He was just doing his job, like I said last week. But, uh, you know, for him to pull through uh, and come in second, uh, he had a chance, but, you know, I think Byron shut the door a little bit on that overtime restart. And we're going to get into something else that happened during overtime as well in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Reddick, what can we say about him last week? You know, he didn't lead any of the race, I believe, or he may have led maybe one or two laps uh, during pit stops. But for Tyler and that 45 team, that was their most consistent weekend. Uh, He started, I believe... 12th and he finished in third and he was fast all day looked like he may have even had a shot uh to come through and get the victory as well you know along with guys like Blaney and uh you know the people that only took two tires so um but it was good for them it was a good finish they ran all the laps this week you know like I said last week 15th didn't show how hard they battled because he very well could have finished you know at least top eight top ten but this week he did and I mean I think he's even upset about third but it just goes to show you what they're building over at 2311 and like I say I try not to talk too much about 2311 because I don't want to seem like a homer but it just shows that right now as it kind of stands that they are the better of the two Toyota camps but you never know you know i mean very very much so there's a long a long way to go this season JGR can show up you know Denny can win several races of course you know we're getting ready to go to Richmond in a few weeks and it's a place that he's had success at and so is uh, Martin Truex Jr. and uh, you know you can always watch for Christopher Bell because he'll always be you know running up there competitively Um, but the biggest takeaway from that race and I guess I could have done a reaction pod on that but uh, there was more contact in this race, and I don't know if, I, I can't even remember if I mentioned it last week on the podcast, but Denny and Ross back together again, and uh, this time NASCAR may be stepping in, but uh, on Denny's podcast, of course, Actions Detrimental, the one he does with Dirty Mo Media, um, he spoke on what happened because there was some late race contact between the two. They had uh, I saw it late Sunday night where they had the two on boards and Denny basically, uh, and, and, and no, you know, not a lot of words basically just said, Hey, yeah, I wrecked him. Uh, basically he was dropping back like a fly. I think there were people with fresher tires that were behind him and, uh, you know, he was basically about to get. Uh, blasted to hell, and uh, he decided, well, I'm going to take Ross with me, and 
he did it. And he says that they had a conversation about it. He also says that, you know, he uh, doesn't, you know, Ross doesn't like for Denny to bring his name up in the media when they talk. And basically Denny was just like, well, I'm the one with the podcast. I get to say what I want. When you get a podcast, you can say whatever you want. Uh, And then he also kind of, you know, called himself out as well because, like he said, he was the idiot that risked all of that for both of them to finish 23rd and 24th. So, uh, you know, there's been a lot the past, I'd say, 12 hours or so. NASCAR says they are going to speak with Denny and probably Ross. And it's like I said on Twitter uh, last night, I I felt as if, uh, you know, NASCAR isn't going to step, or at least I felt that NASCAR wasn't going to step in the same way that they did with like Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine in the early 80s, where they, you know, uh, basically had to threaten them with no, uh, you know, basically threaten them that, hey, you know, you two get in contact with each other, you wreck each other, you do this again, we'll take both of your cars apart, for, uh, you know, and then if you can build it and you can get back in within, you know, the 500 laps of the race or whatever, uh, you know, then you can race. Uh, and, you know, they didn't have any problems out of Dale and Jeff after that. But I didn't see it. I, you know, I don't know. I, it's Maybe it's not, it's not to me, I think, in the, in the, in the type of personality of these NASCAR drivers where we have to do something like that. You know, in the 80s and 90s, you had guys that were bullheaded and uh, couldn't be told shit. But now you got you know, guys that know that, hey, I bought the sponsor here. I'm going to have to, uh, you know, kind of toe the line a little bit. And that's understandable. That's the way things go now. Uh, You know, has this gone on for far too long? Yes. I feel like, honestly, if Denny had done what he was supposed to do, you know, he kept saying that he was building towards payback, building towards that. And the track where he could have done it, Martinsville, he didn't do it. And then by him not doing it, you know, he, uh, you know, he did, uh, he, he, he fucked himself in that process. You know, he didn't, he, he could have prevented the hail melon from happening, but, you know, it was all talk in a way, but, you know, it, it it's going to come to an end, and like I've said, I don't. I didn't, like I said, I didn't see NASCAR getting involved, but I did see Joe Gibbs getting involved and probably Justin Marks just basically telling him, hey, don't, don't, don't go out there and wreck up a bunch of shit again, because it's just like, if he does it, if Denny, there were several times where Denny could have done something, and he didn't do it, and then to just pick a random March afternoon when daylight saving time starts. Oh, goodness. Uh, or ends, whatever. I have never understood the concept of daylight savings. But uh, it's, it's basically going to be a much ado about nothing. But, you know, 
Uh, also, I would like to go on the record and say that, and I've heard that I will be called out because of this, but I'm going for it anyway. Uh, I put on Twitter Sunday during the race when it was like everything was going great. You know, it was just like Harvick was close to winning. It was like 20-some laps to go. And I thought about it. I was like, nah, this this isn't going to sit right. And uh, I said, within, you know, I think we, we're going to get a caution within, you know, the 10 lap to go window. Mm. Lo and behold, with 11 to go, we get a caution from Harrison Burton, who had a tire go down. And uh, that was basically the sad moment of the race. But, you know, I had a lot of people, I don't, I don't want to say mad, I think it was like more fake mad at me, but... uh Sarah told me that, uh, and I have in my notes here, I put, take that, Sarah. But, <laughs> uh, no, she told me she was going to call me out if I said that I got it right. And I don't know. I should put up a poll question, though, of was I right uh, when I say within or inside of 10 laps to go? Could, you know, because it, it happened somewhat around, like, the... Uh, Middle of the track, so that could have been ten and a half. That could have been like halfway around the track, but either way, you know, it's it's just funny. But uh, I felt bad for Harvick though, because he he had worked to get past Larson, and he was pretty much smooth sailing. And uh, I think he had a little trouble trying to get around Ty Gibbs, but. Hey, what happens? You know, that's NASCAR. Uh, we've seen crazier stuff happen with less than, uh, you know, 15 laps to go. So, yeah, we're going to uh, take a break for a sec, but we'll be back. Okay, so what were you doing on June 4th, 2004? Well, that is if you were born, because I know a few of you. Weren't born in 2004. I have to hold back tears anytime I say stuff like that. But <laughs> um, I was 14 years old. I had just graduated. And actually, I think, I don't know. Oh, my God. I think, and this is me coming to this re, uh, reaction now. I graduated from the eighth grade on June 4th, 2004. Because I remember, because we graduated the first, uh, the first Friday in June, and sure enough, yep, but the date is June 4th, 2004, it's a Friday, of course, uh, so the number one song in America at that time is Burn by Usher, uh, over in the UK it was F You Right Back by Frankie, that, that was the time those two songs there was one because there was one that was f you and then f you right back was basically the female response to it but anyway of course george w bush was the uh current president of the united states shrek 2 is at the top of the box office shrek 2 see i don't know maybe you guys can answer that too and i'll ask it on twitter as well but 
which was the funnier Shrek 2? I say that Shrek 2 was funnier. Only because I was a little bit older from when I saw Shrek 1. So Shrek 2 had a lot more jokes that were, uh, you know. I finally started getting because I was catching up on different things. Uh, Tony Blair is the Prime Minister. Uh, LimeWire Lime was a big thing. Of course, that was where we used to download our music, especially after they got rid of Napster. And if you don't know about Napster, yeah, Jesus, I'm getting old. Um, like I say, Maroon 5 was big. Outcast was big. Uh, Ciara just started making music. Fat Joe and the Terror Squad, they were coming up. Uh, I think we were just getting ready to finish up that 70s show. The Wire was big. Uh, Soul Calibur 2 came out that year. The Simpsons hit and run. Max Payne 2. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle was still on. As Told by Ginger, I think, was in its last season. As you can tell, I am reading this off of a website. And there will be a purpose to this. Uh, Peppa Pig had just started coming on then. Uh, but the reason that I bring all of this up is because on that date, Sammy Smith or Samuel L. Smith was born. Sammy Smith, the 18 year old who drives for Joe Gibbs. He was born that day. Sammy won his first race at Phoenix. Making everyone in the stands, everyone looking at home, a few of his fellow competitors feel very, 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 very old. But the crazier thing, too, was that he wasn't the only young winner of the weekend. Uh, the winner of the ARCA race, uh, he was uh, 15, I believe. You know, that, that was... Uh, that 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 made me feel worse than I think Sammy did, but uh Tyler Rafe, I wanna say it's Tyler Rife. But if I pronounce it wrong, forgive me, Tyler. But Tyler is only fifteen years old, so the youth movement of course is on in NASCAR. Um you know, gone are the days of your thirty and thirty five year old rookies that had to fight and claw their way, you know to the uh to the top of the NASCAR ranks. Now now you just gotta be old enough with enough wheel prowess to be able to do it. But congrats to Sammy, congrats to Tyler, those guys uh, man, it's the next generation of NASCAR right in our face. And the good thing about Tyler Reif's win was that he uh Tyler Reif, Tyler Reef, uh, either way, you know. Um they are a small team, and for a small team, and especially the adversity he overcame in that race, uh, he uh, was in a crash on lap 11, and that damaged the rear of his car, but it was good going. You know, he got, he was fast, because he was able to catch, uh, you know, the right people, but there was an accident with Jack Wood and... Two of the Venturini cars, I believe. Uh, and that that could have been avoided, but ARCA apparently at this point is all about learning a lesson, but it also somewhat brings out 
the worst in some of our young drivers, and it's a lot of stuff that needs to be ironed out. And I've always felt like if you have a high crash rate in ARCA, and most of those wrecks are avoidable, you shouldn't, you know, be allowed to move on to another series until you can demonstrate that you have a good head on your shoulders and, you know, your racecraft is good because, you know, sometimes there are a lot of people that just go out there and back cars in the defense. But, you know, the kids that are showing what they can do, especially like a kid like Sammy Smith who did run ARCA last year, and I believe he did win the championship in ARCA too. So, uh, you know, I think he's headed for a bright future, but the question is, will that future be with... Uh, Joe Gibbs racing because, you know, unless Denny gets ready to make a move, I think they're somewhat set at this point. Uh, You know, well, I guess you can say if Truex retires, maybe uh, Sammy, but this is all spitballing and well too early to be figuring out who's going to be doing what uh, because, you know, uh, Martin hasn't said he's retiring or anything and uh, you know you still have guys at JGR like John Hunter Nemechek that could get that position but you know it's another uh, another case of JGR having an embarrassment of riches and soon they're not going to have uh, you know a place to put everybody especially if you got drivers that end up signing you know long-term deals or lifetime contracts so we'll see going forward what that means for Sammy but for right now just celebrate the fact or in our case you know cry for the fact that a uh, 18 year old just won an Xfinity series race which it's the sh- the luster of that is starting to come off because a lot of these drivers are 18 and 19 years old. So, uh, you know, and also give a call out to William Solich too. He was driving in his first, uh, you know, he was driving his first ARCA race uh, for Joe Gibbs and it seemed like he was going to run away with it, but then he got spun on a... Uh, green-white checkered, so, you know, but that's another thing, like we say, uh, another situation where Joe Gibbs has a never driver that he's going to have to worry about, but we'll see going forward, but I just wanted to make you guys feel old for a little bit, and maybe jog your memory as to what you were doing in 2004 that you probably can't do now, but anyway, we'll be right back. So this weekend's race is in Atlanta. Um, Obviously, this is the new Atlanta, or I guess you can call it the repaved Atlanta. I don't know. It's more of a super speedway than it is a speedway, but a lot of people are saying, don't call it a super speedway because you're not using the plate, but still. The racing there is frantic now. A lot more frantic than it needs to be. Uh, you know, there were a couple of big wrecks uh, in the two races that were ran there last year because the cars are so bunched up together. But, uh, you know, I guess that's what they see as entertainment. Honestly, they could have left it from the 97 configuration. 
when all he had to do was just repave the track. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm. I, I guess the jury is still out to me. I mean, there's two races. But last year was a small sample size because we were trying to figure out the car. But packages are much different this year compared to what it was last year. They uh, going to this track. Uh, but I guess if we have to try to pick some winners this weekend for all the re-series, because everybody is back this weekend, it's Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. Uh, let's start with Trucks. Honestly, I don't know. It feels like it'll probably be one of the KBM trucks, uh, but it also, too, could be, uh one of the door sport trucks that could finish it off. And you also got to watch out uh, for guys like Matty D. And I know sometimes it's not the best thing to say, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. You know, super speedway prowess, especially last season, you know, I think he got into the wall early last year at this track. So I guess he'll figure that it owes him one, but, uh, I don't know. I could see one of, the, like I say, one of the KBM cars. Not even really sure who's in it. I'm not sitting here looking at the, uh, you know, the listing. But uh, I, I, I feel as if Chevrolet is going to have an advantage this weekend for trucks, at least. Uh, Xfinity side, I'm going to lean probably between Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed. Uh, they were good here last year. Um, JGR was good there last year as well. You know, uh, Ty Gibbs ended up winning one of the races there, but uh, I don't know. You know, it, it's a crapshoot, but when it comes to driving somewhat like a uh, a super speedway at this rate, Austin Hill is the king of the super speedways for uh, Xfinity and Cup. He won both races last year, so you got to say the heavy favorite is William Byron, but there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be gunning to get past him. So there's a good chance that, you know, it could be a Toyota. You know, Corey LaJoy had a good run going there last year. Uh, you know, could this be the, the, the time where Corey actually gets the job done? I don't know. Uh, it's like I say, it's still a crapshoot when it comes to this close pack racing. Like it, it doesn't even really have to be that way, but I, I expect a lot of people to kind of chill out early. And then when it's time to go, it's time to go. And that causes enough chaos, uh, in itself. But if it's hard to pass again, like it was last year, it's, you know, it's not going to be much fun watching, but I'm excited when we get back to the, uh, short tracks within the next couple of weeks, you know, to see how the new package changes. So, uh, changes racing, you know, really didn't get the greatest opportunity on Sunday to show its muscle. But I think on our normal short tracks, the Martinsville's, the Richmond's, and I guess you can lump Bristol dirt in there, but Bristol dirt has, you know, a, a different, rules package altogether anyway uh as far as not being able to pit it and you know kind of being somewhat limited in the adjustments that you make and trying to keep it keep you know the grill of your car clean and not get clogged up like we saw a lot of last year but 
Uh, I know you guys are listening for uh, Atlanta predictions and, well, you know, I got a little bit off on a tangent there, but uh, also it is supposed to be very cool in Atlanta this week, or I guess that's not even, it's not even really Atlanta. I don't even know why they call it that. Like I say, uh, it's just the same way like they do with Fontana. Most of these places aren't even close to the cities that they're calling, you know, or designed for. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Like somebody said, with the cooler temperature, the speeds will be up a little bit. And it'll it'll remain to be seen. But I guess uh, right now you have to pick Byron. So, yeah. And we're going to get ready to wrap things up in a few minutes, but we'll be right back. All right, so this is the cool-down portion, of course. You know, we're getting ready to wrap this thing up. I want to thank y'all. We are, what, now four episodes in? So all all has been well. Uh, Past couple weeks, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but uh, thanks a lot of y'all for getting me through it. Uh, you know, like I stated last week, so now I had the best mental health, but this week it was pretty easy. Uh, you know, this really just flowed like a regular episode, but, um, I do want to let y'all know that I appreciate and I appreciate, and I hate to say it this way because all my other listeners out of there, I appreciate you Spotify listeners the most, mostly because you guys are helping me towards my goals when you listen through Spotify and I, you know, I I don't want to start any politics between, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any other places where people get podcasts at, but, um, you know, and even Amazon, because we're on Amazon as well, so I'm happy about that, but, um, when you listen through Spotify, you're helping me because the more listens we get through Spotify, uh, the more we can get advertising. We can do more, and I'm excited about that. So far, uh, within the month, I have almost 30 listeners to my episodes uh, through Spotify itself, and by, I guess, by the middle of April, I need 100. So, I appreciate you guys for listening, especially those of you that click on that link whenever I put up for Spotify. Uh, It normally goes right to Spotify soon after I record, so that's why that link is readily available more. But I do appreciate all of you for doing that. Um, You know, all of you that have sent me DMs or wrote in my comments about how you enjoyed the episode or, you know, how things are flowing and, you know, giving me tips and at some point, we're going to have a few of you on. Uh, we'll do just a little fun episode, just something where uh, we'll just kick back and laugh for like an hour or so, because that's the type of vibe that I want to bring, and especially when I have guests on. I don't want it to just be racing. You know, I want you guys to be yourselves, and I want you to feel like we can talk about anything from anything going on in your life or anything going on, you know, elsewhere in sports, and, you know, maybe those aren't racing episodes, but at the same time, they're uh, episodes with friends, and I appreciate that, so 
we'll see how that pans out going forward. I know a lot of you have requested, you know, maybe I can have Sarah on, but sometimes Sarah doesn't, you know, her schedule doesn't line up when I record. And also, too, you know, uh, she'll tell you, honestly, she hates the sound of her own voice uh, when she hears stuff back. So, uh, you know, I've tried to break her of that habit and trying to get her to, you know, record something or do something with me. But, you know, it's, you know, I, I leave that up to her. And, you know, when it's time, I'll get you guys and, and I'll give you information on everything. But <sighs> this is another week of the podcast, so we'll catch you. We'll see how Atlanta goes, especially how the racing is. Um, if it's good, you know, we'll have it. If it's a lot of drama and a lot of late drama, especially, you know, we'll get another podcast. Um, we'll do another reaction podcast for that week, but we'll see. But like I said, going forward with the reaction podcast, it, it may be on a week to week basis. You know, they may not be available all the time, but we'll see. But anyway, thank you for listening again. Thank you for all of the support so far. Thank you for making the Over the Pit Wall podcast fun for me and fun for me to record. I even have fun when I'm writing my show notes because you guys make me laugh and make me happy. Just, and I'm always over the moon whenever I think about doing this show. So I appreciate you all. Uh, and we will catch you next week. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the most boring outro I've had, but we will catch you next week. So, once again, this is the Over the Pit Wall podcast. I'm your host, Phil Spain. Have a great week. Hug and kiss your loved ones, because you never know when that last moment will be. And that's a bit of a heavy statement to end on, but I believe in that. But love one another. <laughs>